dark times when Hulk was unplayable. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to House Party Protocol. Power up suits and welcome into another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is the one and only OG of the GG. That's right, it's Nate from the Gamers Guild. What's happening, my man? Not much, man. Uh, there's uh, there's some stuff to talk about, which is news all itself. There really is. There is podcast content to be had, which is something that uh, is has arguably been lacking lately is that a fair thing to say it is absolutely a fair thing to say yeah i mean it's interesting nate because you and i have a perspective on this game that might be different from other people out there listening and Mm -hmm. for someone like like me who is tapped in always trying to be on the news this podcast being a read and react mainly style podcast has definitely um it's been difficult the last little bit yeah i mean there's uh we we got all of the the news for this month's releases more than a month ago and then we we don't have any releases coming in august so it's, it's just kind of been quiet yeah it's been really quiet and it's one of those things where we are spoiled a little bit, I would say, in the Marvel mm-hmm. Crisis Protocol community when it comes to especially reveals because I think the last time we had this big of a lull between reveals and releases and stuff like that was like that middle of COVID or like right at the COVID thing where we didn't get anything for, was it three months? Yeah, there there was that awkward uh, pause and then there was... Some other times, because again, just the, the COVID weirdness where like some parts of the world were getting some things, but other parts of the world weren't. And Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because we've, we've really been spoiled in that way of saying, okay, here's this like slow IV drip of stuff, right? Even if it's just a silhouetted figure somewhere, right? We, we've had these things something to to feed the beast if you will just a little bit you know just keep them keep them dangling on that line a little bit longer and i don't want to say that i'm disappointed in how things have unfolded or anything like that necessarily it's just you get into a certain state of mind when you haven't seen anything in a while and you're seeing all of this other promotion, which again, it's a brand new game. I get it. You got to promote Shatterpoint, but you're seeing so much everywhere for that. And it's like, you know, don't, don't forget about us over here, bro. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think part of that roughness is also, uh, we were, we were very front loaded because we haven't had any new 
character reveals, content reveals, or anything like that since March, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think March was the last time, other than like actually getting the character card stuff, March was the last time we were shown anything new. And if I remember correctly, at that time, Nate, that was all late 2023, early 2024 content, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting how they frame that. And obviously with Shatterpoint coming out in June, you could assume June and and the lead up to that to be huge Shatterpoint marketing, love, awesome, fun time. But Makes sense. Understandable. Exactly. But now that that like initial hit is done there and, and the release train is obviously rolling for that it's the same kind of thing from mcp when it first came out and you and i can attest this nate of every week there's some new kind of information there's a new model coming out you know once a month you're getting two to three models two to four Mm -hmm. models some months we got i think six models at one point so you know it's three three boxes six models right it's it's okay that Shatterpoint's taking that spotlight from us. But at the same time, for those of us that are just so heavily invested in this game and to people that are new getting into this game, I mean, there's a new guy that I've been introducing to this game lately up at the shop and he's loving it. And I am so glad for him. And it's really fun and enjoyable to see that spark in him and our other friends that are, are are still kind of getting back into it after a lull or or whatever, or other new people, it's fun to see those sparks because I remember that feeling so well. And it goes to show that AMG has crafted something that's pretty wonderful. And I am not in the camp of MCP dead. We joke about it a lot on the Discord <laughs> because I think it's hilarious. But yeah. we're at that point where... I think Gen Con's coming up in about two weeks, and Gen Con is where Crisis Protocol was announced four years ago, Nate. Yeah. And it would be the culmination... Four? What? Sorry. Yeah, <clears throat> Exactly, yeah. Uh, I was going <laughs> to say, I, I was trying to, to, you know, give it the pomp and circumstance it deserves... But yeah, let's get Fantastic Four right smack now Reset the clock. for the four-year anniversary because Lord knows I would I would be complete then. <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? Well, you might actually care about the Fantastic Four. I just care about the villain that they bring. Right, right. You and many other people. So it's a... Doom. Uh, doom. Right. Yeah, and let me tell you, there's so many awesome variations of all of these characters that they can do like we're not getting into that today but that'd be amazing but i bring that up to say if there's not some kind of big announcement at gen con what or close thereafter or even just a tease of an announcement at gen con well then the hairs on the back of my neck are starting to stand up Mm. you know because it's it's weird it's a weird feeling because we've we've seen what the future with the X-Men stuff that they've shown 
and the Warrior Falls stuff, the Wakanda terrain, all that. Like we've seen some of what the future holds and that stuff's exciting and I'm super here for it. That Nightcrawler looks amazing. Bishop with the Jerry Curls, please. Yes, thank you so much. And and I know that that stuff's coming and I'm excited. But at the same time, things change in business and commerce and all of that stuff. And I don't know about you, Nate, but it definitely would get my my attention more if nothing happens within the next month. Is that is that a fair thing to feel? Yeah, I think I think because uh, at the end of the day, right now we I think we are absolutely spoiled as an MCP community, as you said earlier, because we had been getting for almost uh, a year and a half, two years regular mcp releases uh we had like a little bit of like an awkward space when winter guard were probably supposed to originally have come out uh given the card style and stuff like that but then russia was dumb and that stuff happened right uh but like aside from that we've been getting regular news regular updates and so like look at all these other games like you've got 40k players who haven't gotten an army new model in like years you have games like even legion and x-wing and stuff that are still going strong and are getting maybe every other month reveals and news and stuff so like we are okay it feels bad but like we are okay but if we don't get anything some sort of additional communication uh from amg it, it becomes a little bit worrisome uh just the the lack of communication and what's going on uh it almost feels like a, a mini stravaganza where they can just kind of like sit down and at least say what they they can obviously they can't come fully clean because red tape and all that kind of stuff of what's going on behind the scenes but uh some some sort of news would be helpful for sure it would be it would be and i do want to say that i appreciate what amg has done with Marvel Crisis Protocol, with Shatterpoint, with all these other properties that have been added to their portfolio. I mm-hmm. I really appreciate all all of of their hard work because I know it's not easy and I know that when FFG got the Star Wars stuff, you know, removed from them, I don't taken away, is that taken away? Sure, whatever. <laughs> And AMG took all of that stuff over. I don't think they were a big studio at the time. And so I understand that trying to, one, now you're developing your brand new game, Shatterpoint. You're developing for Legion, X-Wing, even Armada. I'm pretty sure it's being developed for. I don't know. And then you've got Marvel Crisis Protocol. That's a lot. And that's a plate that looks very full to me. Not that Mm -hmm. a company can't handle it but it's a plate that looks very full. And so I think we have to look at things from that perspective. Yep. hundred percent. And, and yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I, I trust AMG and I know that we can talk for days about the state of the game and this and that and, and whatnot. And I think that there's been enough radio silence at this point that AMG's probably, gathering information and and we've already got an update for our main topic today to the banned and restricted list and then i think that 
we're going to see some changes going forward. I hope that we're going to see changes going forward in some way or another. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it's, I definitely have the, the, you know, my, my fear index is percolating in terms of like, I'm just like jonesing for new stuff. I'm like, you know, like that, uh, that Dave Chappelle meme, you know, just scratching the neck, like ready <laughs> for some new stuff. But, uh, you know, it is got, what it got is. Some, got some MCP reveals for me today. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, it's, uh, I think it's going to be fine though, Nate. Ultimately I do. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just a patience game where we have to to wait and uh, hold out hope because at, at the end of the day, AMG has not really done us wrong. And I feel very confident in just uh, waiting to, to see where they take us next. Yeah, and, and that's really the crux of it is they haven't done us wrong unless you consider Mal- Malekith a wrongdoing. <laughs> There, yeah, there, there is that, but no, I, I don't, that, I, I think there are missteps, which is more akin to what Malekith, if, if anything, maybe, uh, maybe looking at, uh, the Weapon X box is, uh, a, a, a poor step, but that's, uh, that gets off topic and into personal opinions. Sure. I mean, that's what we, we are here to do though, is personal opine. However, I will say we we can. Th- this is a bit of a meandering episode. In case you haven't figured that out yet, suits. Uh, we're gonna obviously talk about the ban and restricted list. That that's a a big topic of today's show. We've got listener questions, all of that. But I feel like we can have a conversation with me and Nate here that you, the suits, get to engage with and be a part of, and let us know. Let us know what you think of what we're talking about here via Facebook comments, messages on discord or emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com, any of that stuff, because I really enjoy just talking with my friends, which Nate is all of the suits out there listening. Y'all are all my friends. If you ever meet me at a con, you'll know this. It's we're just having a good time. And so when it comes to the discourse around Marvel Crisis Protocol, I think we can take a second and talk about missteps and how I think AMG might have stumbled a time or two, but by and large, there's been a lot of good things. And I think if we yeah. just roll the clock back six, eight months, whatever it is, and re- and we see like, okay, maybe maybe even roll the clock back almost a year because we're approaching NashCon and Malekith dropped right before NashCon, all of that stuff. And like he was big bad, is big bad in a lot of ways right now. But there's always going to be something that's big bad in PE, quote unquote, in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be something that that we can latch onto as the worst thing. There, There always will be. And I and I think Malekith is a little bit different because like Black Order was I think that original big bad with Corvus with reality and then Thanos you you kid him out however and the gems rules were different back then and stuff but like Black Order was was 
like a, a big like they were a strong list, but what made them even worse is they were like a new crusher kind of list. Mm-hmm. Which uh, which kind of reinforced that. Uh and Malekith is that, but sometimes even on a competitive level where people come with a, a strong competitive list, but if it doesn't have specific tools to deal with the Cat King, uh can can end poorly. Absolutely. And I think that you're very right about how it is a definitely a different situation. And how when we are talking about this, we have to remember that this is a game, this is something that, that people have paid for and are are trying to get enjoyment out of and all of that stuff. So I try to keep that perspective when I'm talking about this. But when you look at, at Malekith and, and how he has warped the game a little bit, I think that what this current update to ban and restricted list does is maybe assage those fears a little bit. Isn't that the osage? Isn't that the word? You know, I'm trying to be fancy, Nate. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that how I'm you're, you're super to say? fancy sounding? Will it, super yeah. fancy? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this look. This that's why they pay me the little bucks, okay? So I can be so fancy. Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, like to, to, to kind of put away some of that, like, oh, oh, crap, what, you know, the sky is falling, chicken licking style fear that we had for a while of like, is this game just going to be dominated by male Keith for the foreseeable future? And I, I think that this banner restricted list update helps those fears a little bit puts a salve on it. See, look, man, I'm just yeah. Look at you, ten dollar words, using fancy words now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, what do you think? I think it's an interesting take, and I, I agree that it, it shows that AMG is watching and hearing concerns. Uh, but I really hope that this is a temporary patch on it instead of doing another character errata kind of a thing. Uh, because ultimately, I I don't like that, hey, we have Incredible Hulk and Malekith that have come out, and now cards that were strong but not a problem become a problem, and those are the things that are seeing the restrictions and the bans. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think uh, when I see it, like, it's hard. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe I, I don't know how to think about it, but it's hard to restrict characters and stuff like that. And I mean, yeah, for sure. Hope this is more of a hopefully we have a, a another character update coming. I don't, uh, it, it it feels unfair to call it a, a 2023 pack if it comes in like September. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but hopefully much as, uh, Oh my goodness. What was it? Doom prophecy originally, uh, saw the restricted list. And then when the card came, uh, the card pack came out, we got changes to some of the tactic cards and then it just became Asgard affiliated. Hopefully 
some of the tone downs to some of these uh, seven threat monsters can allow uh, cards that are really meant for other teams to to really function uh, can come back. Follow me can go back to restricted so that like teams that have just a ton of power like Shadowlands Daredevil have a use for it again. And like you don't feel about running Mystique as a leader because she has to come with a restricted card kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's fair. You know, I think that um we can look at this stuff and and see it as uh an iterative iterative process, right? So my son and I have been ordering this thing called a Crunch Labs build box. It comes from Mark Rober. It's geared toward kids. And this is not a sponsored thing or anything like that. I just, I'm, I'm saying this one, it's super fun. My son, he's nine. He loves it. And it's a really great way for us to engage once a month and do a little bit of learning and a little bit of engineering. And one of the things that Mark Rober talks about in the videos as he goes through and explains what's in the build box. He explains concepts in kid-friendly ways and stuff like that is he always talks about how engineering is an iterative process. And I think when we look at Marvel crisis protocol and we look at things like a ban and restricted list, like these characters and all of that, it's iterative. And what is true today might not necessarily be true tomorrow. And mm -hmm. We can see that, like you said, in examples like Doom Prophecy, right? Doom Prophecy hit that restricted list for good reason and then got an update. And now to your point about the card pack, right? We were promised a card pack with the new Crisis at some point. But we don't know when that's coming. We have had no information on that front other than, hey guys, it's coming. And this point i wouldn't be surprised if we get a 2024 card pack instead of a 2023 card pack yep hopefully earlier in the year than later exactly and i think that when amg first made this game and nate again i know i feel like i'm rep like that old guy be like back in my day you know we four years ago we had all these different things you don't know what it was like in the dark times when hulk was unplayable you know that kind of stuff <laughs> so anyways you know when we we take that step back and we remember that when this game was announced. It was like, this is the stuff, and we are really hesitant to make changes. We we were even hesitant to do a ban and restricted list, it seemed like. You know, that was like the attitude that AMG had, and that's fine. Like that's an okay place to be in. Obviously, it changed, but I think we as players wanted character changes. But at the same time, that opened up a door for AMG to gain some criticism when they don't do those things again. If yeah. they don't do those things again. And if you look at the distance of time between the original changes, so like whenever they updated Hulk and uh, all, all the all the other characters, like just Hulk is the big one that comes to mind. Obviously, Winter Soldier got some changes. Captain Marvel, Okoye, all of them, right? When they when they did those changes to now, it it's 
basically the same amount of time within the life cycle of the game. Because uh, close, close, it, yeah, it was close to that two year mark. Mm-hmm. And so, well, obviously that's not exactly. I'm not. I'm not. You know, not trying to to you know make sure my dot all my t's and cross all my eyes. See what I did there. <laughs> I, I do see what you did. <laughs> oh, thanks for giving Tennessee a good image, Will. You know, look, it's a South Carolina education for me. All right, I live in Tennessee now, but I grew up and learned in South Carolina, so you know. Uh, makes me feel a little bit better, though. That's right, Greenville County School System, baby. Woo woo. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm just saying, like, I think that the expectation. And, and I'm, I'm guilty of feeling this expectation as well, but like there's a non-zero chance we never get any more character updates. And a card pack is literally just 10 cards or however many cards it is of the crisis cards. And that's it. Yeah, the crisis cards comes with tokens for the new crisis cards. Cause that's something else we need. Right. And, and so like, I think that we, we have to take that step back sometimes when we're thinking about these things and and realize that that card updates character updates stuff like that and and like the perfect storm that happened around when doomed prophecy was put onto the restricted list and that card pack and all of that stuff those those things could very well not happen again and so Mm -hmm. when we're looking at these updates to the banned and restricted list currently especially as it relates to Mystique's card, Deception, you know, I certainly have a way I think it should go, but I can't be sure if we're ever going to get anything like that. Yeah. You know? So, Nate, let's talk about the banned and restricted list. So, for new players that might not be super familiar with what a banned and restricted list is, can you explain that? Absolutely. Uh, So, AMG about... Was it about a year? About a year into the game, maybe a year and a couple months, uh, established a ban and restricted list, which basically uh, for standardized play, their recommendations are uh, you only use two cards from the restricted list and then no cards that are on the banned list. Yeah. And basically, it's it's when you're making your roster, it's it's just something to look at. And if you go to any event that is organized and uses the AMG published challenger rules, it's going to follow the banned and restricted list. Mm-hmm. So we got some updates, Nate. First time since September of 2022 that we had an update. So yeah. Long time. So what happened in September? Was that when Malekith released? No, 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 no. I don't know. What happened in September? I, I know something happened in August. Well, yeah, Malekith released and then we had Nashcon and then. But like the when when uh, because the. The the big the last big change that like was really prominent is when like the the card pack actually came out. And then they were like, hey, here is the standard timeline event. Right, right. Oh, you mean, you mean like what was put on the restricted list? Yeah, what, what oh, was, it was put just on the follow restricted me. list in September? Just follow me. Okay, yep. Yep, follow Checks me. Was, 
<laughs> yep, follow me was added to the restricted list because it, it's one of those things where when you look at a card like follow me, which let's talk about that first. Let's talk about the banned card now of follow me. Nate, this was a core box card that has yep. been in the game since day one. Yep. And I would say it was only the last year worth of time, really, that it saw an exponential rise in play. Would you agree with that? Maybe a little over yep. a year? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think there's uh, several contributing factors as to why it only just now three full years into the game being out uh, that it finally uh, got its final nail in the coffin. Yeah. And for, for me, the biggest factor there was the cost. So follow me would cost you six power and then you would be able to make an entire second activation basically on one turn when it would be passing back to your opponent. You're like, Nope, I'm going to play follow me. And now I'm going to get another activation. And mm -hmm. previously, at least in my experience, that six power cost was prohibitive because it meant that whatever character was playing their turn was going to be inherently limited in what they could do to subsequently then play follow me, right? Like you had to make sure you had your six power ready to go. So you're losing out on some superpowers. You're maybe losing out on a spender Stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it made it difficult, not impossible, but it made it more difficult to play. But then along come characters that generate power for days and have no issue generating power and, frankly, don't really need to worry about dumping power and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so, boom, follow me, start seeing a ton of play especially with the kitty dad and everything because it's it's his power generation is so easy to complete that yeah. it, it was it's no cost to him really I think one of the uh the other things that's worth pointing out is there were cards that did similar things but better prior to the standard timeline uh because we had cards like all you've got Mm -hmm. which for less power just let a character basically get a full second activation uh, and then they would daze or KO themselves depending on if they were healthy or injured. Uh, of course, then you could also then just field dressing them back up and you would get a free double activation uh, at the price of basically nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think... In, in large part, people after that card, we we saw its power after a time, and we're like, oh man, like this is really good. And then after it was gone, people were like, cool, what else can do that? Exactly, exactly. And it was a way to steal priority really easily, like just maintain that level of <laughs> priority. Because one of the things that was a standard practice with, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm just like. Male Keith, Male Keith, Malekith, Malekith, Kitty Dad, Kitty Dad. But reality is what it is, I guess. And a standard you practice. Throw some shade at I Holt too. Uh, uh, yeah, but, you know, he's, I don't, you know, I don't know. I have thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I love Immortal Hulk. Don't, don't, 
Don't take away my toys, Nate. I mean, he's he's still up there. Uh, can if the, the opponent makes misplay, can still daze a three and a four threat model on the middle line turn one. Oh yeah, no look, it, it, the Immortal Hulk is really good. He's really good. I mean, just ask Sean how he feels about my Immortal Hulk doing 11 damage with my seven dice into his Malekith. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing that happens because Marvel dice are weird. But no, back to follow me and, and all of this is you're able to to steal that priority back. So like Malekith would typically be able to daze one character, if not two. And then subsequently take that half priority and then do that same thing again, KO and or Daze characters before they even get to mm -hmm. activate again. And then steal priority because usually when you're losing a character, you're kind of like, oh, okay, cool, I'm going to get priority back. Well, no, no. Malekith steals the priority and says, okay, cool, I just KO'd these two and maybe even Dazed another one. And now that one that I Dazed is now KO'd on the yep. following round. So it just, it made it to a, a really difficult snowball-y negative play experience mm -hmm. when it worked right. Like it, it didn't always work, you know, dice or dice, but you're putting yourself in a position to succeed with a play like that. So yeah, no, pretty much. Yeah. So Nate, do you feel like banning follow me is going to have any notable impact on that play pattern or other play patterns. Uh, I, I think it's, it slows the snowball potential of these super killy high threat lists or high threat character lists. Yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day, if you have Malekith or I Hulk, that's seven threat your average list not running these monsters will bring a three and a four there instead. So like basically because there's that one activation difference, you get a, a free days before you lose priority. And then if you get that second days or KO, you can then use follow me to maintain priority. So I think it's just going to, it, it's going to give a chance to these other teams, mm -hmm. but it, it's not, it's not going to solve the problem entirely on its own, in my opinion. Yeah. I think what it does is it gives you a chance to react, whether that <laughs> is by going and scoring points or attacking Malekith, attacking Hulk, attacking whomever else. But that, I think, is the crux of this game. That is the linchpin of Marvel Crisis Protocol is I go, you go. I go, you go. I always have an opportunity to react to something that you have done. And mm -hmm. you had things like follow me. You had things like all you've got, stuff like that, that broke that core tenant for, at the time, what seemed like a fair cost. But I think we've seen now, with enough time, that there's no fair cost to be applied to not having that opportunity to react. I, if that were the case, then Proxima Corvus wouldn't have those abilities still, and 
Sin and Crossbones, oh. while a less powerful duo, I, I think that would. I don't think that that isn't entirely the problem. I think it's the. I, I think it's a, a the the perfect storm of bringing high threat models, so your activation count is already lower. And for a long time, that's what made Black Order such a negative play experience was this exact thing that we're talking about. Yeah, fair. Because they would bring high-threat Thanos, five-threat Corvus, Proxima, and like, hey, there's your list. Uh, three activations that's really could just be two activations. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think that the, that the fair cost then maybe for the I go, you go is range three requiring a power requiring some additional setup maybe is mm-hmm. it i don't know but you're you're right i forgot about the fact that corvus and proxima are husband and wife and do that thing but it's interesting how when you do that you're limited you know you're requiring to bring eight threat worth of characters you're mm-hmm. already bringing two if you're playing out of affiliation you're bringing two out of affiliation characters to your roster to your squad or if you're playing within Black Order, you're bringing a restricted card now in reality on Corvus. And and it's interesting how you bring that up. You're you're definitely right in that maybe that's not the exact thing that's breaking so so much, but I feel like that a lot of what I said stands in that way, but it's uh Yeah, it's it's definitely a super powerful effect that needs to be kept an eye on if they do bring follow me back. But again, it it sat on the list for a good full three years uh, before it was gone. Well, sure. Yeah, exactly. And let me ask you this, Nate. So we've talked about the, the things that this helps follow me helps rein in. Do you feel like that there's anyone that is, paying for the sins of of these big boys and their big toys now that Follow Me is on the ban list. Uh, Follow Me specifically, I think, hurts uh, Shadowlands Daredevil a little yeah. bit unjustly. Yeah, I think it hurts Shadowlands a little bit. I think not unjustly, but I think it hurts Guardians too. Take, take, the, take the Thanos, you know... It, it, it hurts the Thanos Guardians, it, yeah. It, We'll take that out of it. It hurts Guardians in that Rocket Raccoon specifically as a character pretty easily was able to generate power on his Deadly Duo turn because you go one, two, three, and then you get two more attacks. And if you have enough power, you don't necessarily need to spend for Hadron Enforcer. You can use that as a follow me setup, which Mm -hmm. for Guardians, when they're usually playing pretty wide, was a really strong play. Even if you didn't have the the senior Thanos there, but yeah. you you take follow me away, which I think is a it's a good thing. Like it's a good thing that it's gone now, and I think it's the Guardians don't need that to be successful. It just was a nice yeah. little tool in their toolbox. Yeah. So yeah. With that said, though, any other thoughts on on follow me and how this is going to impact things, or, or are we yet to see what the full impact is going to be? Uh, I mean, obviously it's the, the change has been out for like what a week and a half, two weeks at this point. So there, there's, there are going to be 
more things that we see and and how this has impacted. We we did not get the full picture, especially with no uh, major events happening within that past week and a half. Uh, so I, I think there's plenty more to to see what that change specifically uh, does to the game. Right. Yeah. Oh, speaking of of events, uh, shout out to Convocation winning the Salt City Open. Oh yeah, Wizards took it down. Are, are you still playing Wizards, Will? You, uh, are you are you allowed to cheer for them now? I, I look, Wizards are always going to be in my heart, even if I had to take a break. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Just just don't that, at me. Is now. that true of Web Warriors? Because that that's a mighty long break you've been on. It's not true. I took them to a tournament here not that long ago, sir. Oh, did you? Awesome. Yes, I did, and I finished three and one at that tournament. So ha. Then I retract my statement. That's right. Yeah, get your shade out of here. <laughs> so, so anyways, yeah, it's. I think that obviously banning something is a is a pretty big step. I think that follow me. Unfortunately, we were there with that card. So now let's talk about the restricted list. So the restricted list is currently as follows. Infinity Gem Reality, Infinity Gem Space, Advanced R&D, Brace for Impact, Disarm, Indomitable, Patch Up, Sacrifice, and our new addition, Deception. Now, Nate, I don't know about you, Putting a character-specific tactics card on the restricted list, and and one that's been out for the better part of two and a half years, it's, that's bold. Uh, yep. And there's a lot, I think, that we can talk about with this card being on the restricted list. So first of all, let's talk about what Deception does. So what it does is Mystique can get to within range four of an enemy character. And as long as there are no friends around that character within range two, so they have to be non-dazed enemy characters within range two of the character that Mystique chooses, Mystique can then advance the chosen character, its speed toward this character. So this card has been around for a while. And it was one of those things where we had a local that no, long, no longer plays the game, actually, but he played Brotherhood. I was playing my Web Warriors, and it was constant where I had to just everything I could do to make sure that I don't get like Gwen moved along across the board to Magneto and then she's dead. <laughs> like it was, I had to play around Deception so much that it just was difficult. Right. And it was one of those things, though, where it was like you could do it. It was possible to play around it a little bit. And once the game got going on after that first round or two, its impact could be lessened, minimized, even even though at times, even late in the game, deception is a very powerful ability. It was still something that could be played around, but it was always for me anyways pretty negative experience having to have that mental load of playing around deception and everything mm -hmm. and so the fact that it's on the restricted list now i'm glad for that but it also is an interesting precedent right yeah uh 
there, there, there's some mixed feelings here because deception has always been a a strong card, right? Yes. And even even to take it a step further, I think it was the only character specific card that, like, no matter what, you take that card if you play that character. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, Lethal Protector is up there. Usurp is up there, but like, I have seen Venom get played without that. I have seen uh, Killmonger without Usurp and stuff. But like, it, it's free. It doesn't cost any power. Like, Deception was a really, really good card. But but seeing it to uh, get restricted for the the sins of another monster character is uh, is unfortunate. It is. So the reason why this is on the restricted list is a play that we've talked about before on this podcast. So you play Malekith Cabal with, obviously, the Kitty Dad, Mystique, Red Skull, Master of Hydra. That's 15 points right there. Okay? So at 15, you actually have four models on the board because you have the Grunts. The Grunts can easily score whatever the secure is, no problem. And they're pretty pretty good. They're the best grunts in the game. You can at me on that, but they are. And then you have Mystique and Red Skull. And if your opponent overextends a single model on the first round to maybe grab an extract or do something there, boom. That Mystique is reeling them in, and that model is dead. Like, obviously dice are a thing, but that model averages equals dead so the that model is at minimum uh with good positioning etc it's going to take a four dice attack from the hydra grunts it's going to take a six dice attack counting blanks from red skull and then it'll take a seven dice pierce attack that can turn skulls into crits from malekith right there's a lot of ways that it just i mean it's it is it's tough. It's a tough play. And when you're at that low threat, those activations really matter a lot. And when you're, you get to move that character once and then they don't play again. So it, uh, it created a really negative experience. And, and I think that that's the sin that this card is paying for right there is just being such a strong component of a play like that. And honestly, this is the right way to handle that, at least without the updating a character or putting a character mm-hmm. on the restricted list, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's unfortunate because Deception, for me, is a card that, while I don't like it, I hate seeing it across the board, it's, and it, it's tied to Mystique so so deeply that I feel like it could affect our time of seeing Mystique on the board. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's unfortunate because I think Mystique is a really good, really cool character. And especially like when you look at her design, how she works on the tabletop, having an ability to just do two damage to people is awesome. But I feel like that it's going to swing to where, okay, well, it's more important for me to have Brace for Impact. It's more important for me to have Patch Up. It's more important for me to have the Reality Gem or or whatever 
than it is to, for me to have not only deception, but also a character specific to make deception work. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty much the same, I think, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I still... I, I hope that... Uh, I think they're... That in the interim, you're 100% correct that, like, you... Arata's two characters specifically are, like, a, a last-ditch kind of thing that you want to do because it it's really awkward for looking at a card and just not having the correct text there because that's what we're used to and accustomed to. So finding other ways to kind of corral uh, problems, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, uh, I hope that in the future that the the how this problem has been fixed currently gets a different kind of fix down the road. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I, in terms of fixes down the road, we can talk about that. This is one of our show questions, but I'm just going to mention it here also is that I think again, putting deception here is the right play. I think that you're still going to see that 15 threat list I mentioned. You're, it's just going to cost them a restricted slot at that point. And now that they don't have to worry about adding in follow me as a restricted slot, it's like, okay, cool. Deception just becomes your second restricted card. I mean, mm -hmm. would you agree with that? Yeah, that, that, that was one of the awkward uh, things with what, uh, with the timing of this is like, hey, here are two fixes to like help mitigate... Uh, the Malekith problem. It's like, oh, I lost one of my restricted cards, and one of the cards that I like went to the restricted list, so I guess I just lose Follow Me, get Deception, and bring Eyes on the Prize or something else now. Exactly. Exactly. And so I, I find that to be an interesting conundrum, but where I think that the next logical step to go with Deception is the Doomed Prophecy treatment. Locking it to Brotherhood, I think mm -hmm. will be the way that this card, one, comes off the restricted list, and two, allows you to still feel okay playing it and Mystique in Brotherhood. I mean, Mystique's Brotherhood is still great. Mm -hmm. But now, again, you're bringing a character tied to a card that is now restricted, so you're inherent again, it's just inherently limiting her ability in or the overall ability more or less of the mystique led brotherhood in general. So I think you take this card off the restricted list, you make it brotherhood only and everybody's pretty happy. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I think uh, pretty, pretty much spot on. I think another fix is, would be to make it cost two power kind of a thing. Yep, give it some power cost, absolutely. G give it some power cost, and then you may not have to make it uh, Brotherhood-affiliated. But I I think the, the best fix, both for Mystique's sake as well as uh, the, the game and it not becoming a, a problem card again in the future, is just uh, locking it behind Brotherhood. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So 
uh yeah now nate let's uh jump over and take some show questions because we got some good ones here for this i think yeah and uh yeah so john b said is there really a better case for disarm being restricted than eyes on the price so i personally don't think eyes on the price should be restricted i understand the argument for it don't get me wrong but i don't think it should be restricted I just don't because mm-hmm. one, I think it's fine. And two, if someone like Beta Ray Bill, for instance, is paying for eyes on the prize and then grabbing and moving to safety with a extract objective, that's probably okay because then he has to spend more actions to move again. Like, don't get me wrong, I do that play. That is a play I, I employ because points matter and all of that stuff. But when I do that, I'm recognizing the fact that now my Beta Ray Bill is going to be out of the game for at least a round. Yep, he doesn't have the power to throw anything, uh, so he can't just, like, double move back into the fray and still be effective. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with uh, the overall sentiment of eyes doesn't need to be restricted it's a safety card so many affiliations have just self-embedded safety extract plays whether that's with x-men and their hop uh web warriors and asgardians just have the long mover who can get up grab a point and uh get back to safety uh plus i'm sure there's uh, like hulk can basically just do it himself without any additional assistance. Right. Uh, so I, I don't think that eyes is a, is a problem card because while it, it forces your opponent to maybe come to you or something like that on an uneven extract, uh, there are additional resources spent and I, I think it's a fair cost. Yeah. And I, I think about it like when I was playing convocation so heavily, Dr. Strange would, be a great candidate for eyes on the prize because he could end up with two hammers or two cube fragments or whatever right away, which mm-hmm. is really, it's a really powerful position to be in when you have one character that's scoring you two points per turn pretty reliably, but it also yep. puts a big target on his back and he's such an important character to my game plan that I can't just run him away for the whole game. Mm-hmm. So when I look at eyes on the prize, I, I get that there is some frustration around that card out there, and I understand why, but I, I don't I don't think it should be restricted. And in terms of as it relates to disarm specifically, I don't I don't think disarm should be restricted either. It really shouldn't. I mean, like if you want to talk, I, I get why they did it at first. Absolutely. Because it was going to be a universally taken card. Like people, after all the changes, like Disarm was a card that was uh, starting to to see a lot more significant play. But like Disarm in the current meta, for one thing, is not effective. Yeah. Because the the player, the the problem players are the, the, the problem, the meta is the really beefy character goes first and dazes your character so that you can't respond. Yep. And so, like, the, the players that want to be playing Disarm don't even have an opportunity to play it. 
Exactly. And it's interesting that you say that because that is exactly what the problem with disarm always was more or less is like, if you don't have priority, disarms a dead it is not usually worth it. Yeah. Whereas when you're able to, like I said, you're able to alternate those activations. I go, you go, I go, you go. And you're able to set up an, a situation where you have priority. You've got your three, your two characters within three spending that one boom. Okay. Now Malakit's only rolling five dice. Like yeah. that'd be very impactful. And the fact that, it's still on the restricted list. And again, if you want to talk about ways to minimize the impact, like I think that card probably becomes very popular, but at the same time, it's still not, I think to your point, you still have to rely on having priority. If you're running a big boy in your list, the likelihood of you gaining priority is still tough. If you're playing wide. Yeah. Like I would, I played an Avengers game, uh, last night, and I ended up not bringing Avengers Assemble. Oh, wow. Because, like, I, I was already bringing... I needed my two Restricted, so I had Sacrifice and Brace. Uh-huh. And then I played Helios Ricochet Blast. Ooh, nice. Because, uh, like, the, the double the double tap turns with Iron Man there are just uh, are too good. And I don't remember what the other one was, so now I feel slightly... Uh, silly uh bring it up but like there there are just going to be times where you you burn through all of you you have all these good cards but like even some of the great cards that are staples don't always like aren't always going to see play because we have such a, a a fantastic field of cards now exactly that's exactly it so yeah i'm i think disarm should be off the list do it do it amg if anything, uh, and it's a slight nerf to the card in some ways, uh, make it reactive, play it during the power phase. Oh. Instead of making it an active card. And then maybe I can see a justification for it being restricted. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's fair. One of the other inherent strengths of disarm is that you go on one side of the board, and then if the problem piece didn't daze, you disarm it but otherwise you can play it on the other side of the board so that another problem piece is uh, rolling less dice. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm here for it. BF Trick says, how do you maximize the chance of your kid getting into the hobby? I'm going to tell you something. I've tried, and it's just, it's hit or miss. Like, I, I, I paint, and I'm like, hey, do you want to paint with me? What We go to the store, we bought a model for him, not necessarily a crisis protocol model, but like, hey, what interests you? Okay, this is the thing that you're gravitating towards? Cool, let's buy that. Let's paint that. And so we we bought, like, I think it was one of those pre-prime D&D models. And he really enjoyed it, really loved it. And that was a cool way to do it. But when it comes to, like, Marvel and Marvel Crisis Protocol in terms of the hobby, it's, it's so far, we're not not having it. But in terms of just the general overall miniatures hobby, I think it's just giving them agency and, and letting them see you enjoying your hobby, I think goes a long way too. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with this one because uh, my daughter, uh, she, she knows that I play board games and sometimes I play board games with my wife. And so she has collected uh, some of my spare MCP tokens and dice 
because of course I've blinged out my tokens and I've got to some extra red dice that don't fit in my carrying case currently. Uh, and she'll like go around and be like, I- I'm playing my game. And she'll like roll the dice on the floor, having the best time of her life. She's two. Uh, but it, it it's, you have fun with what you're doing. And then when they ask about it, let, let them have that agency to pick something that they're interested in. Yep. Yep. Nailed it. So the in hipster, Brian Freddie himself says, should we restrict cable? He's so good. He banned drop off. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just, you know what, Brian Freddie, you're just so nonsensical. I love your nonsense. Not today. None of this nonsense. Not today, Brian Freddie. Not today. This is serious business. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, the Cthulhu Taco asks a question here. He says he's not sure how to phrase this, but do you think it would have been better if Deception was made Brotherhood only? We addressed this already. And yeah, I, I think we've already hashed that out. And then it says, since Rob is Discord daddy, is Nate Nashville daddy, Tennessee daddy, or just Nash Con daddy? I'm going to go with Nashville daddy. Nate the Nashville daddy just sounds... Just yeah, has that a, alliteration just uh, works well there. It really does. It's uh, the... Just, mm, I just... Mm, yeah, I like that. Nash, Nashville daddy. Yeah. Uh, something I do want to address in uh, Cthulhu Taco's statement is uh, one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting is rather than saying Asgard, uh, making Doom Prophecy an Asgardian card in affiliation, uh, have it be unaffiliated, but have it so that Asgardian characters are still the only ones who can play the card is an interesting idea, but I, I think I like these kind of things still locked behind playing the affiliation. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, that's an interesting way to look at it. And uh, yeah, I'm glad we brought that up, actually. Yeah, because just like think of like Avengers Assemble uh, or like, oh, man, here here it is. Uh, you're playing uh, Avengers, but you're playing with like uh, Miles and Agent Venom and then you get to bring all webbed up. Oh, man. That'd be cool. It'd be cool. It'd be crazy. Maybe like a fun alternate format thing where you, like uh, all cards become uh, generic, unaffiliated. So like you still only like only web warriors can play the cards and get the effects, but uh, it gives them some of those really powerful effects outside of the affiliation. Yeah, oh, that'd be dope, man! All webbed up outside of web warriors. Yeah, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. So Mad Mulligan says. How about just making it so the deception can only be played when Mystique is active? That would bring it in line enough to take it off the restricted list. So that was another thing that I forgot to mention about the way deception works. It doesn't have to be Mystique's turn, which is just bananas. So I think that actually should be a part of an errata, just while it's still being on the restricted list, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, that alone I don't think is enough to to pull it off. Right, and personally I think it should be during her activation, <laughs> just yeah, in I general. Think I, I, yeah, and regardless of anything else, this was 
something that I think was discussed even before Malekith was out announced any of that was just like, man, this this card is a little bit too above the curve for a character-specific card because it doesn't cost power. Exactly. Oh. What were you thinking? <laughs> it, was, it was the rule of cool on that one. Dojo yep. DC says, which cards currently on the BNR list would you like to see rotated back in? Definitely disarm. We've already said that one. Other than that, I mean, in terms of not things that are rotated out, right? Like, I'm not going to count those. I'm going to say what's currently available within the restricted and banned list. I, I disarm, and I kind of wish Indomitable wasn't on there. I feel Indomitable is fine on there because it can basically act as a second brace. Uh, I'd like to see Patch Up off. Yeah, I don't know about that one. It, look, as, as someone who's playing it a lot now with Cosmic Ghost Rider, it's like if you then you're gonna, it's gonna be everywhere. It's gonna be everywhere. It, I guess in the big boy meta, it would be everywhere. Like you, you would literally be like, okay, cool. I'll take five health, which is functionally an attack or two from another. From two. you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's fair. Like, that is fair. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but blind obsession needs to come back into the game. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good with that. Uh, nope. Let's, I mean, look, that card was fun, but so weird. And, uh, Dude, it, it answers these big boys. It does. It is the answer. But the big boys could then use it. Sure. The, the big boys target one character better, but then they, the, like, if the big boy is the one who uses it, they load two less defense dice for all the other guys. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, blind obsession would be fun. Yeah. Like I think the I think the reason blind obsession had to go was because Shadowlands Daredevil and the rapid fire team was just bonkers. This is fair. You're probably so right. like I, I get it, but at the same time, it 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 made uh it made player it it did one of the things I like most about the game, and I think you like most about the game, and it makes your opponent make hard choices. Yes, absolutely. Because sometimes it would absolutely just be played as a distraction of like, hey, I know you really want to daze this character, but I really want to activate this character. So I'm going to make this other character super vulnerable. But if you don't deal with him, he's going to be a problem for you. Yes. Yeah, you're right. No, I think that is exactly it. It, it definitely made that interaction very fun. So second part of this question from Dojo says, and why is drop off banned? I miss that whole thing and don't understand. So can I get this one? Cause I got this one. <laughs> sure. I got this one. Cool. So back in the day, uh, and this is before some of the other changes, uh, and this is a, a mild version of what drop off is capable of. Let's say you're playing Avengers and you have vision and Thor in your roster. You put them on the table along with captain America and whatever else you want to vision is able to move up, generate two power, and then advanced R&D it to the rest of your team to enable other shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Then on Thor's turn, Thor is able to move up next to Vision, play or use four Asgard, which is his charge that gets to stagger somebody and has a wild throw of any size. And along that way for that charge, 
you get to play drop off, which allows Vision to move up with Thor and make a range four beam attack that's five dice energy sapping power. Yeah, that's a mild version of it too. <laughs> that is a mild version. Yeah, so let me just, Dojo, here's what you do. You go and you get your A-Force out and you say, okay, cool. Let's play, uh, what is it? Special delivery with She-Hulk, right? Bring, bring whatever character you want. Use, use Carol. Really, if you really want to be spicy with it, you use Spider-Woman and you move along and you drop Spider off. Woman doesn't fly. Oh, she dang glides. it. I'm, she glides. That's right. Uh, I'm thinking a crystal. You take crystal. There you go. It, 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 nobody takes crystal, but you take crystal. And, I take crystal. Well, uh, for this express purpose. For this express purpose, right. You take crystal. She moves along. You drop off She-Hulk next to her. And boom, there you go. She-Hulk's now beating people up. The difference between what drop-off did and what that card does is it's not during She-Hulk's activation, it's the other character's activation. So the way that drop-off could be done is you activate a character like a Thor and draw, and he's doing his awesome stuff, and then that other character gets to do a hit, and then if they didn't activate already, you can then let them activate later. So like your vision play, great. But if you're able to do that and and then drop off someone that could activate later, it's you're hitting deployment lines at that point. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty gross. And imagine, just just imagine that you do that with Malekith and dropping off a Hulk or something. Because that would be gross. So I'll read drop off for those of you that might oh, not gosh, remember. Yeah. When an allied character with flight begins a move action within range two of another allied character of an equal or smaller size during its activation, they may spend one power to play this card. So maybe crystal. Yeah. Crystal. I don't think it, there, there's not a restriction on special delivery for that. When the yeah. active character ends this move, place the allied character within range one of it. The placed character may immediately perform one of its attacks that has a listed power cost of zero. So Malekith could drop off Red Skull Master of Hydra to then do a six dice physical attack with a push and then an advance at range three, right? Malekith could drop off a Hulk. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, granted, Malekith is designed with that card not in mind because it's never coming back correct that card is never coming back and amg's stated reason for getting rid of it at the time was that cable would be able to be dropped off and double tap a deployment line and to be fair they also said it just totally limits design space because now that what i just said if malekith could do that that would be the worst thing for this game like it's all it, there's some bad stuff that'd be way worse ghost rider flies too right yeah 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 so i guess he would have to waste a move action instead of teleporting though so that's not worth it it's not worth it but <sighs> yeah so so dojo just look if you want to know why this is why also just play special delivery special delivery is a strong ability in a force 
And there you go. Because, oh, cool. Yep. I just dropped off She-Hulk here. And I get to finish my activation. And then, it, and then you're not chewing through 20 health in one turn. So, cool. Now She-Hulk gets to do stuff. This is, this is good. All right. Barn Cat. With CGR being released and GR being a popular splash in GOTG, all the acronyms, which model would you choose if you physically threw them at each other? Uh, I'm going to choose OGGR because I feel like that little bulb and and all the little points on CGR is uh, rife with breakitude. Yep, CGR uh, only has the one connection point to the base. I feel like the whips are about equal chance of uh, snapping off in mm -hmm. combat. So mm -hmm. I'll go with the uh, OG Ghost Rider. Yeah. So he also says, now that deception has been restricted, will Mystique's model continue to be a popular choice to chew on? I think she will see a pretty hefty dip in popularity. You know the sad thing, though? Mm. She's only going to see a dip in popularity in Brotherhood. Exactly. That's That's the thing. It's like... I think she's going to see a dip, but where the most problematic places for her are, like we talked about, you lost drop off, so you just gain deception. Then, or not? There, I've got drop off on the mind. You lose follow me, you gain deception to your list. I mean, it's just it's a instant insert, right? Like we we talked about that. So yep, yeah. Uh, and so I don't think we're going to see a big change in that shift unless deception gets made brotherhood only so yeah barncat then says if you happen to be involved in a plane crash caused by shoddy work done by air traffic controllers which model would you choose to be stranded in the wild with and why well if it was a model and not the actual character uh yeah i'm i'm gonna go with drax at this point because he has stabby knife things and he can stab things so I have no idea. Yeah, but also... I'm way too much thought into this, obviously. Plane crashes by shoddy air traffic controllers. Hey, not this guy. I was about I, to say, those air traffic controllers, man, those are just the worst. Not this guy. Landon uh, M. <laughs> I guess Malekith, because he's the one I wouldn't mind getting smashed in the plane crash. Ah, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Landon M. says, who's y'all's lucky model? The one homie that consistently for you seems to perform way better than they have any right to, no matter how hard you try to explain it. Um, for me, lately especially, it's been Drax. Like, that dude has been amazing. It's, it's, a, it's, I, I can't explain it. Like, I don't understand. Like, I've ran him up to the midline and said, come at me, bro, and people have come at him. And he's just like, cool, I've got two mystic defense, you're rolling mystic attacks, I blocked three. <laughs> like, it's so weird and it's like cool I'm, I'm expecting Drax to die here nope he's alive oh and by the way now you get vengeance and now I get to attack you with more dice next time thanks so much it's, it's he's been great dude I, he's been so good that I actually painted him so yeah and here like the one model that you could just like put on an empty base or like on the table and you would be good Exactly, because he's invisible. He's, as long as he stands very still. Exactly. What about for you? Take a guess. Who who would you say I would, I think who would you think I pick here? Oh, it's Loki, obviously. Yeah, it's my gym, Loki. 100%. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, enough said. And Barncat, thanks for the shade here. Easy answer for Will. It's Clea, and he talks about her constantly. Look. Well, you do talk about her quite a bit. She was quite lucky in blowing herself up. So, the, Dennis. The, the odds were against it, so yeah, technically. 1.1%, baby. I'm, I am the top 1.1% of Marvel Crisis Protocol Clea players. There you go. <laughs> uh, Dennis um, says... Is Nick right in regards to deception being restricted? And this is the clip from Avengers where he says the council has made a decision and given that it's a stupid ass decision, I'm choosing to ignore it or whatever. That's the thing. And um, no, he is not right here. Deception. Well, we've, we've said that there's other things that could be done, but this is the appropriate fix right now. Yep. Yeah. So Dojo hits us back with, why no more med pack? You know, it's because I'm sad, I guess. I don't I don't know. I think it was like they decided that of self-heal versus requiring some setup was probably more valuable as a whole, but man, I miss med pack. Yeah, I I think it's self-heal and I think it is uh the the power ratio being in favor of the healer. Yeah. Be, because usually you see uh, power equal to the amount of healing. That that was kind of the baseline we got with extremist consoles and patch up, right? And then two power for three health. Uh, and, and like it's a super small one, but it's it's a powerful one. It was. It was. So lastly, last question: M. Whalen or Wallen? I'm going to go with Whalen. Why do you think a card deserves to be restricted? Is it power level? Is it a card too common? Does restricting a card just make the next best card super common? Also, why is everyone who thinks Eyes on the Prize should be restricted wrong? Well, we've already gone over that part of it. So, Nate, why do you think a card deserves to be restricted? So... I have my personal opinions and then there's like what AMG has like gone on the record saying, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Will, but AMG have basically said that if a card is too ubiquitous or too universal in its nature and being used everywhere, that they want to restrict it to open up additional options. So that is like AMG's, uh, statement on mm -hmm. why they usually look at cards to go onto the restricted list, right? That is the stated reason, yes. Cool. Uh, personally, I think it is a little bit of both. Uh, I, I think power level is absolutely something to be considered in this equation. Uh, especially when you, you look at things like the Reality Gem and Space Gem. Uh, because those are not ubiquitously used, except for those like one or two characters that use them uh, pretty much every time, even when they are restricted. Uh, so, I, like, obviously that's part of it, and I, I do think that for the, the health of the game, restricting, not banning, but restricting cards based on the fact that they are taken pretty much always uh is a is a good thing to to open up growth i think that's really what i would go with too is like i don't like that brace is banned because it's popular 
but it also is something that if or banned restricted but if it was not restricted well then i guarantee you something is getting left home almost every match that would otherwise be there right yeah. like brace is too good brace is great and brace can never go on the banned list because throws are that strong right and and it like I, I will never not have it in my lists. Like it's one of the it's one of those things where it's a comfort blanket for me and it's it's tough for me to want to get rid of it. With that said, I think that a card that is popular should not just go on there because it's popular. Like it should be a myriad of factors of like why is it popular? What's the use case here? what what effects is it having that are are making it popular and is there something that is actively being ignored to subsequently bring that card in right mm-hmm. and so i think that that's a balance that they have to take within their their structure right and so when it comes to power level stuff like that, I mean, it, it, it's definitely power level. Like a powerful effect needs to to be limited, so to speak. Reality <laughs> Space Gem, I think, are great examples of this. Patch up, as much as I I don't particularly love it, it's a very powerful effect. He, it's it's of extra characters worth of health. Yeah, that you're getting back potentially. But a card like Sacrifice, right? Like Sacrifice. Maybe that shouldn't be on the restricted list. I think Maybe. it's here because it was popular. Uh, I, I don't mean, think it, it's not quite as universal as Brace, but I think it's I think it's second on this list to Brace. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. What, what are when you build a roster generically? What are the two you pick right now? It's Brace and. Let me see here. Let me pull it up. It, I mean, Brace and Patchup are probably the two I take the most right now, and I would say that I could make an argument for Indomitable too. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm playing a big boy, it's a toss-up between Indomitable and Patchup. But it's 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 Brace and. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? It, it is always Brace and. Yeah. For me, it's been sacrificed because the because it's another tool that not only uh, it can manipulate priority when they're sending a big attack at somebody and then you send it to somebody who's already a little bit beat up. Yeah. And hasn't activated yet. And I don't sacrifice to me is uh it, it is worthy if it's placed on this list. Nice. Yeah. Disarm is a, is a different story. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is a really interesting and nuanced question that is hard to answer. And I think you just have to look at, Look at big events, look at the statistics, look at what's being played, all of that stuff, because I don't think popularity, therefore, means it should be restricted. I mean, if you turn back the clock not that long ago, you could have argued that fallback should have been on the restricted list because of how popular it was becoming. Mm-hmm. And and as we've seen, that's died down a bit now. You know, Eyes on the Prize is something that we, as in the the podcasting content creator community talk a lot about, I think, but I don't necessarily think that means it needs to be restricted. Escort to safety, same thing. That's one of those that whenever I'm building a roster, I'm like, hmm, do I have a plan for this? 
is this something that would be useful for me? If I get to the answer of yes, then, then I'm going to throw it in there. But it's also one that I've heard mentioned within that discussion of popularity. Mission objective. It's another one that mm-hmm. is fairly popular. But recal, shoot, recalibration matrix, right? Like if you play a big boy, you probably have recalibration matrix in your list. Does that mean it should be on the restricted list? Eh. You know, like it's a powerful effect, but it's, it's, it's nothing guaranteed from it. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, fully agree. I, I think that there's a lot of nuance that we have to look at when thinking about banned and restricted. And it's one of the, one of those nuanced things is how we related it to eyes on the prize. And I think when you take that step back, and you look at what your opportunity cost is for all of these things to accomplish, you know, fallback. You have to get attacked and survive to even be able to move, right? Like it's, it's, it, it, there's, there's trade offs and it's what are those, what is that worth, right? So anyway. Yeah. It's a balancing act. It's a, it's a tough one. It is. It's a balancing I, act. I think AMG have done well with, what they have done absolutely with the restricted list absolutely so with that said nate we've got to put a bow on this one and uh where can people find you uh you can find me uh over on the gamers guild uh, we've got a podcast of our own that comes out tuesdays so that alternates between shatterpoint and mcp and then usually on fridays uh there is a, a video uh of some sort uh, usually talking about mcp in uh, some capacity or another Yes, great stuff. Speaking of, I will be on an upcoming episode of the Gamers Guild podcast, so check that out. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. I had a lot of fun. So I'll be sharing that on the social medias. Make sure to follow us on Facebook if you have that. I'm going to start doing Instagram maybe with since I'm painting again a little bit sometimes. Ooh la la. Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll let you guys know if I do that. Uh, there will be a link and all that fun stuff. So, uh, But I'll let you all know if I decide to do that. And uh, also make sure to check out Patreon if you're interested in supporting the show, patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. For as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year, you can get access to the best place on the internet. It is pretty wonderful. I love it so much. We've added in some new benefits for certain tiers and stuff like that. So like really small stuff, really cool uh, but we have a great time. We talk about MCP. We talk about Shatterpoint. We talk about Marvel Snap. We talk about all the nerd things and all the random stuff. And also, Merzane has a dungeon, so that's always fun too. And <laughs> it's a, uh, it's just, it's just wonderful, honestly. Like I, it, it's, it's a place I love. Uh, I know Nate lurks and everything, so he he sees the the nonsense, but also the good times and the good vibes that we have over there. Absolutely. So check that out and send us emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. And Nate, we have to do a secret code word for the giveaway that we're doing right now. We're giving away M'Baku, Claw, and Cosmic Ghost Rider. And since we didn't have a podcast last week, I did a stream instead, which I might be doing more of at different times, depending on what's going on. If you like that, 
please let me know. If you like the idea of doing a stream in lieu of a podcast when there's not a lot of news or something, please let me know because that's something that I need to know if you like it so that I can maybe do it more. Anyways, we got to come up with some code words. And I think I promise that fancy word to use super early on in the podcast. Oh, um, uh, 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 Osage like to, well, it it was an actual word. It's not one one that people have to guess how to spell. Well, yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't remember that word specifically. I didn't write it down as I said it. However, shame, shame indeed. However, I did promise that I would give two code words since I didn't do a podcast last week. So mm-hmm. I think banned and restricted should be the two code words. Not and for well, those listening. Banned. Right. Restricted. Yep. Exactly. So banned, restricted. Those are your code words. I think it just fits. You know? So works out to have two this week, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, send us that. Messages on Facebook, messages on Discord. Wherever you send it, I'll get it. I've got a little note app coming, and I'll get back to you soon. With that, Nate, thank you very much for joining me today. We need to do this again much more sooner than the last time. Absolutely. It's it's always good to be on. Yeah, buddy. Party on, Nate. Party on, Will. And power down suits. Suits.